Hello, fam. Welcome to the Bro 3 Podcast for November 17, 2019. Shocker, that just ain't true, man. I mean, I got lots of feelings. I'm hoping you feeling pretty good yourself. I got something that'll show up, set your stuff on fire. Now look, Miss Khan, uh, don't threaten me with a good time now. What, what you trying to say? Tell me something good. What's been going on? It's been a whole week, seven whole days, seven of them, to get some things accomplished, to, you know, get some goals, uh, start on something. So tell me something good, because I'm, I'm going to tell you something good. I'm going to take the next 30 minutes or so, and hopefully, you know, put a smile on your face and tell you a little something good. All right, I'm just going to jump into it. You know, y'all... There's one thing. I, if y'all listen to this show for any amount of time, you know that I am a corrections officer. There's no shame about it, no qualms. I'm not just my profession. It's what I do to make a living, but that's not encompassing. That's not just what I am. Like we, You're more than your job, all right? You're more than one aspect of your life. But with that being said, my career, my field, is the corrections field. And I'm going to tell you, we... As corrections officer, are never um, we are never portrayed in a very good light. I mean, every movie you see, um, Shawshank Redemption. You know, you got these officers that carry around batons, and I hate to tell you that uh, most of us, all of us, none of us carry clubs. You know why? Because if you get beat up, someone takes your club, and now they have a club. We don't walk around. We all don't look like ex-football players who didn't make it pro, and uh, we got a high school sweetheart pregnant, and we got a dead-end job. Okay? Most of us are not uh, broad-chested, uh, what's the crew-cut-wearing, uh, bad-attitude, maladjusted people who oppress your loved one in jail. That's just not true. Okay? Shawshank Redemption, uh, any movie, any movie with a, with a, with a, uh, with a guard – He's look. He he's intimidating. You know. He's probably got the the Burt Reynolds mustache. You know. Oh, matter of fact, even in wrestling, WWF, there was a wrestler back in my day. Brought to you by Nostalgia. Sha na na na. Yo, we used to get up every Saturday after cartoons went off. WWF came on. There was a brother named the Big Boss Man. And he dressed up like a policeman. He was a heavy set, corn fed, Kentucky Fried Chicken eating dude. And he used to wear like a, 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 a corrections outfit. He looked like a policeman kind of, but let's just say corrections officer for the sake of my argument. 
you know, as a kid, we used to laugh at that guy. Like, no one ever wants to grow up to be him. Okay, well, that's, that's what? 30 years later. That's me. And I got no problem with that because when I do my job, I do it with... I, I, I do it like I wouldn't ask nobody to do anything I wouldn't do. That's just... I wouldn't ask nobody to put up with some kind of treatment that I wouldn't put up with. And unlike other people, I speak up when someone's doing something that ain't right. You know, so we all ain't just maladjusted uh, alcoholics uh, torturing people. But I'm going to tell you this. Even we can take this back to biblical days. When you read the Bible, there's like maybe three, four instances of prison guards being uh, in the Bible. Now, I don't know them all. It's Sunday. You go to church, you ask your pastor about it. But I'm going to tell you, a couple of them stand out to me. Like one of them, the guard come down there, he talking stank to what, John or Paul or Peter. One of them, he writing letters and everything. And, you know, your God ain't this and your God ain't that, right? So then uh, I think, okay, I might be getting my Bible stories mixed up here. But an earthquake came and shook the prison, right? The guards is outside smoking cigarettes, whatever they did back in those days. And then the the, the earthquake came and shook the, the, the prison, right? And all the doors opened up. So I'm assuming it had to be dark because the guard ran up in there like, oh, no, I'm in trouble because all the inmates is gone. And then Peter, Paul, John, one of them was like, hey, homie, we all up in here. And he lights a candle, I'm assuming, to see. He's like, oh, snap, I still got a job. Everybody's in here. Praise God. And they were like, no, praise Jesus. Come on up in here, close the door, and we're going to tell you about Jesus. He said, okay, cool, I'm going to go in there. Right? And then what? Because, you know, I hate to say this. I ain't going to hate. I hate to say it. I'm just saying. All the cats that Jesus ran with, like, they were, uh, they weren't the high people in church. Like, he didn't run with church folk. He ran with the killers and the, and the, the bad people, the prostitutes or whatever. So I'm just saying, there's a show called Black Jesus. And I think it kind of rings true. Like, if God came back now, what would he be? Would he be hanging out with Creflo Dollar? In these big old churches, maybe not. Will he be in with the people? I think so. That's just, I mean, just reading the word, you know. And there's another another little instance, you know, um, where, okay, God sent, Jesus sent somebody to go talk to the prison guard. He was like the prison, the jail commander or whatever. And then, uh, okay, I'm getting my biblical stories confused here. But basically, he went to him and talked to him, and he was like, look, man, uh, your daughter's sick, and I'm going to go to your house and heal the baby. And he went to the house and he healed the baby. And then, you know, I don't know what happened after that one. But then what? The the, the guys, uh, when, when Jesus got crucified, you know, they, what, they stabbed him, uh, they hung him up, they put the, the thorn on his head, and they was parading, they was like, oh, here's a robe for the king of the Jews, and gave him like a tattered robe, like, carry the wood, punk. You know, all of them saying is prison guards, jail guards, correction. And then what? Then what? Nowadays, we fast forward 2,000 years, everybody won't talk stank to us, like, oh, what? You just you just a, a CO because you wasn't fast enough to use bud in school and you wasn't fast enough to be a cop, so now you just a CO. Yeah, this is a hard hard knock life, man. You know what I'm saying? It's a hard knock life. When I worked in prison, man. Like they used to they call it something called gun down. Okay? Gun down. Now gun down, if you if someone's been gunned down, there's different terms for it around the country, but basically they take a 
cup full of pee-pee and boo-boo. I know y'all grown, but I don't want to curse. You know, they take excrement and urine and maybe some blood, sometimes some semen, mix it up, maybe let it set for a couple of days. And if you one of them guards that's always giving somebody some attitude, you might be walking past the cell one day and get gunned down. I worked in prison for about four years, right? And I was doing training. And the training is like basically we work on like once a year, they take everybody, we work on these little defensive moves, which they don't work. I'll cover that some other time. Um, so we also work on handcuffing, you know, handcuffing techniques and stuff like that. So because we are on different shifts, we get, we, you know, we, at training we get to see people we don't get to see very often. So I saw one guy I never met before. He said his name was whatever. And I told him my name. And I said, how long you been working? And he said, four years. He said, how long you been working? I said, four years. I said, oh, okay, that's cool. And the dude asked me, he said, how many times you got gunned down? I said, I've never been gunned down. How many times have you been gunned down? He said, three. I said, word. And he commenced to run these stories down to me. And then one time, one of the guys took a light and busted over his head. You know, he said he lost his fiance because they it's a, it's a – a law that they can't tell you someone's uh, medical status, you know, so if someone's got AIDS or hepatitis or whatever, you know, someone throws feces and blood and urine all in your face, they can't tell you what to look out for, what you might have, just every three months you got to go get tested. So three months, six months, nine months, 12 months, and I think two years. In the course of this time, the dude's fiance left him because I, I guess she couldn't, uh, she couldn't take the uncertainty. You know, she, uh, so his whole life got turned upside down. I just, this is, this is, uh, tell me something good is, is taking a very bad turn. But since we're on prison, one more story, and then, uh, <laughs> and then we're lighting this thing up. Be careful what you wish for, folks. I say this because sometimes you get what you want. You might not always get how you want it, right? So when I worked in prison, right, this little young dude, he was like 19, 20. He was light-skinned. He was uh, maybe biracial, had curly hair, thin guy, very soft-spoken, cute. He was cute, little tasty treat, what they used to call, you know, just little. He wasn't built for this type of work, but he wanted He was a, a police explorer. I guess that's something that the kids do. If you think about becoming a police officer or something, just kind of like, I guess like ROTC, maybe. He did that, and because he did that, they let him, I think he had to be 21 working in prison. Well, they let him work there when he was like 19 or 20, right? So I synced him, and I did say synced him, synced him. And he was just a quiet boy, real soft-spoken, and he had a soft voice, you know, and that that didn't really do very well. So... He would always do extra stuff. Like, he would, like, go do shakedowns, like, look around the prison. And he was just really fascinated by the whole aspect of it. And maybe maybe a part of him kind of wanted to be a little hero a little bit. Okay, fair enough. So, anyway, I was uh, OIC, which is officer in charge of the second largest cell house in Indiana. C-Cell House in Indiana State Prison. If you ever watch one of those uh, documentaries about Indiana State Prison, it's, it's the biggest one. It's Anyway, so I'm sitting there doing my paperwork, and he used to run off at the mouth, just talk, talk, talk. But he was young. He was full of excitement. I let him talk, you know. And he was like, I can't wait to finally get into a, 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 a fight. And I'm like, look, man, you don't wish that. You want to leave out this place. These cats have got nothing to lose. You got everything to lose. 
I was 24 trying to give somebody some words, some encouragement, you know, some some intelligence. He was like, yeah, and I'm going to pull out my mace, and I'm going to spray him in the face like, Tss. And yes, he did make the sound effect with his mouth. This is just not me doing this for the podcast. And I was like, all right, well, little fella, just hope if it ever comes down to it, you know, you actually have the mind state to, you know, to, to, to take care of yourself. So now I've seen him a couple of days later, and he had, like, this shock. I don't know. It was like a realization. Or I don't know. So I was like, hey, what's going on? You all right? And he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I said, well, what's, what's, what's the problem? Well, see, my man was so dedicated, he used to come in on his days off. Now, what they used to do in prison, sometimes you can't get everything done because you don't have enough staff. So what they would do was sometimes they would call people in, and they would do a prison-wide shakedown. Like they would have multiple higher-ups. We call them white hats, so anybody with some rank. They would be here. They would bring. They would handcuff the person, bring them out the cell, shake them down. And maybe sometimes they do a whole cell house. So you got three, four hundred cells, something like that. Well, little man, he told me. He said, "I came in, and uh, we were doing a shakedown, and uh, I, I, I handcuffed the guy, and he came out. And then he told me, like, uh, um, like I think I'm tough because all these white hats was around. And he said, like." He didn't care about the white hats, so I shook him down, and then I put him back in the cell. And I said, okay. And he said, then he threw, he threw piss in my face. And I was like, oh. I say, well, what did you do? And then he dropped his head in shame. He was like, I didn't do anything. And I said, yo, man, it's cool. I mean, things happen, you know. Um... I guess what I'm saying is don't wish violence. Don't 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 make your life harder than what it's got to be. You know what I'm saying? Never, thank God, knock on wood, never had any kind of terrible situation or altercations. You know, you just pray that if something happens that you can respond appropriately, but you don't want to put yourself, and this is just a life lesson, you don't put yourself in bad situations because ain't nobody, nobody, too bad to get to get hurt. Ain't nobody too special that you know bad things can't befall them. But we don't we don't wish those in our lives. And now it's time for the BTP news. Yeah, your home for uninformed news. Pretty real simple. Find a couple headlines, maybe laugh, but no bad news. No fam. Nobody bring me no bad news. Facebook buddies or Instagram buddies, you can find us at Bros3Pod. Yeah. Show up. Don't nobody bring me no bad news. No bad news. No bad news. So since I got such a positive response uh, the last podcast about me doing the BTP News, which, by the way, stands for Bros 3 Podcast News. If anyone didn't know, that's what it stands for. I got such a positive response uh, about actually reading the, the actual story that uh, I'm decided I'm going to kind of carry it over and try it out for a little bit and just kind of see how it flows. All right. All right. So <clears throat> our top story. 
Three judges drunkenly fight at an Indiana White Castle, comma, leaving two shot, comma. Now they're suspended. Okay. So, this is how it goes down, right, in my brain. Uh, let's see. One judge, uh, after a hard day of uh, passing down deliberations and uh, the hard job of actually taking another person's life, uh, trying to trying to get justice for people who can't get it for themselves if they're passed away or trying to they're the backbone of society for the most part right so judge supreme judge clarence thomas right at the hard day of judging he picks up his motorola razor and he, he gives uh the people judge joe brown a call he said hey what's up joe what do you know Ain't no Judge Joe Brown. He one of them old cats. He got, got that old lingo. Oh, man, it ain't nothing to it but to do it, man. What's going on with you? And Clarence Thomas was like, I can't call it, you know. And Judge Joe Brown, he, he ain't never want to turn down no drink. He said, hey, uh, Thomas, you want to go out there and get some of that, some of that do it to it fluid up in our system, get right, huh? Do You want to you wanna party with your old boy? And Clarence was like, hey, man, ain't nothing. Uh, yeah, come on, man. Let's, let's, let's get that drink. Now, while they on the phone, uh, Clarence Thomas get a call on the other line. I don't know what sound. What, do, do phones beep now? I think, yeah, it beep, beep, beep. So he was like, hold on, Joe. Let me click over for a second. Clicked over, and it was, uh, you know, Miss uh, Supreme Court Justice uh, Sotomayor. I don't know her first name, but Sotomayor. He was like, hey, what's up, Sotomayor? What you doing? Dang, mama, I know you so old, And then Sotomayor was like, look, don't start that with me. He said, okay, fair enough, fair enough. You know, I, I can get beside myself when I see a pretty lady. Hold on, let me put you on three-way. I'm put you on with Joe. Click over, say, hey, what's up, Joe? It, uh, Joe was like, you got me on speakerphone, sucker. He was like, yeah, man, but it's, you know, Sotomayor. Like, oh, what's going on? So they say, look, let's all get together. I feel like getting towed down to the floor. Let's do it, right? So they go out, right? Now, I know judges don't be wearing, and especially in the American judicial system, they don't wear the white fluffy wigs. And I know they don't always wear their black robes. But for the sake of the story, they're going to be wearing them fluffy wigs and them black robes. Now, I got a question. I don't know if the robes zip up from the front or the back. I know church choir robes, they zip up from the back. But I don't know how the pastor's robe, how they zip up. I'm going to imagine that they, the judge's robes probably zip up in the front. Because I would hate to think that before they sentence a man to the death penalty, you know, he in the back asking somebody to zip up the back of his robe like he going on a, on a date or something. Like he got a little slutty dress on, right? All right, so they out there, right? So they ain't got a couple of them, a couple of them drinks up in it, you know, sort of more. She took a little shot of tequila. Joe Joe Brown, he a little, he, he probably drank a, uh, let's see. He probably drink that Crown Royal Apple or something, you know, like dark liquor, you know, maybe some Hennessy or something like that. You know, uh, Clarence Thomas, he probably drink uh, rum and coke or something like that, right? So they sitting there, toe up from the floor. They sitting there inside White Castle. It's got to be about 3 o'clock in the morning, right? They're sitting there, they, they, they little wigs all akimbo on top of their heads, right? So, you know, when you sit there eating the White Castles, uh, you got the empty boxes sitting there everywhere, you know, and, uh, no, Clarence Thomas was like talking to Miss Sotomayor, being disrespectful. You know, I got that little fluid up in it or whatever. He was like, girl, you're looking so good. I swear for a guy. Yeah, I'm going to go up front and uh, I'm going to buy you a Coke. I got this little special Coke. 
And so the more like, look, I told you before we started drinking, I don't play with you like that. I mean, I, I mess with Joe like that, but I don't mess with you like that. Joe, he old, so he nodding off the table. Huh? What'd you say? Who said my name now? What? Right? So, Clarence, I'm like, look, man, Miss Sotomayor, why is it every time I try to give you a comment, I try to, you know, flirt with you a little bit, you know, you give, you put this wall up. What's, what's, what's the deal? Like, what, what? What's the problem? And so the more like, you know what, you, you want me to tell you the truth? You want me to tell you the truth? And Joe like, no, don't say it. Don't say it. And I started my life like, no, I'm going to say it. I'm going to go ahead and say, you know what? I don't like the fact you out here putting pubical hairs all on uh, Anita Hills. I almost said Anita Baker. Anita Hills, Coke. And then you always, for some strange reason, you always asking me if I want a Coke. You over here drinking rum and Coke. It's rubbing me the wrong way. So now everybody sitting there, you know, everybody in the restaurant, they looking around. They see three, two, three judges about to get into a, a, a gangster fight, right? So they sitting there looking, but they trying not to pay attention. And, uh, you know, Clarence Thomas like, you know what, that tears it. And he knock off some of the empty uh, White Castle boxes on the floor. You know what, man, we got to go outside because I feel like you disrespect And so I'm all like, look, you ain't said nothing but a word, sucker. And then Joe Brown like, look, hey, y'all, man, look, we got to be cool. Now y'all acting like some crackheads. He's like, no, no, come on outside. We got to do it. We got to take this party on the road right okay so so as they step out right uh you know i don't care how old you are people are still mature so you're like ooh, it's about to be a fight it's about to be a fight judge fight judge fight everybody so everybody got run outside like it's high school right so as they step outside uh joe brown he unzipped the front of his uh his little his little robe let the wind catch him. he walk outside like batman so you've been asking for this all night and so the more she ain't never scared. She like, you ain't doing nothing. You ain't doing nothing but bumping your gums. They bump, they walk around a little circle. They got their little gavels in their hand. So I'm like a knife fight, but they got gavels, right? Judge Joe Brown, he like, he's sitting there with the camera like, world star. World star, you crackheads. This how, is this how justice is really done in these streets, right? So then Clarence Thomas, he just tried to tackle her. Jump on top of Miss Sotomayor, right? Got her, he like, he hitting her with the camera like, so the more like she grabbed his leg and flipped him, kick him off, right? And Judge Joe Brown like, ooh, get him. That Brazilian jiu-jitsu, right? All of a sudden, the crowd going wild, right? They're like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And somebody throw a drink on Judge Joe Brown and splash on me like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute now, right? Next thing you know, Judge Joe Brown pull out the pistol, start dumping. Bad thing, he got that fluid up in him. So he popped two people. And, that, and then they, you know, they wake up in jail. That's that's how the story goes. All right, now for the actual story. Now, yeah, that was fantastical. And I do know that Judge Joe Brown is sort of more in Clarence Times than 740s on the, on the block. But, okay, so the story goes. Okay, let's see. Three judges involved in a fight at an Indiana White Castle in May, which ended with two of the judges shot. I really hope the third judge shot both of them. Have been suspended without pay after the Indiana Supreme Court, oh, I was right about that, determined they committed judicial misconduct. In an opinion issued Tuesday, the court said just, this is, I ain't gonna put nobody's name out there. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Ooh, two dudes and one chick, look at me, engaged in judicial misconduct by appearing in public in an intoxicated state and behaving in an unjudicial manner and by becoming involved in a verbal altercation. I want to know who, how the bullets got shot. Okay, someone's blood alcohol content was approximately 0 0.15. That's not too bad. That's double the limit. The other one was 
0.13, man, it's not too bad either. Uh, she also wasn't tasked enough that she lacks any memory of the incident. She pleaded the fifth. One, two, three, four, fifth. Additionally, blah, 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 two of the judge engaged in judicial mission by becoming involved in a physical altercation for which Judge Blank was criminally charged and convicted. Okay, cool. Fair enough. Moving on. All right, now the next story is teen without arms and legs forcibly restrained by a police officer. Single, singular police officer. Okay, now, there's a lot of things that kind of intrigue me about this story. Okay, so I'm sitting there, I'm thinking about this teenager, right? And when you're a teenager, you challenge authority. I mean, I remember getting into it with police officers, you know, and they say, you know, get out of here. Oh, say, what you going to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you, you kind of feel invincible, but at the same time, you, you're feeling where you are, where you fit in society. You know, you got to challenge some boundaries. That's what, you, that's what you do as a teenager. I got that. The only thing I don't understand is, okay, either this kid, this teenager, was somewhere he wasn't supposed to be, Right, but my thing is, how did he get there? Or he posed a threat to this police officer. Okay, <clears throat> all right, here we go. The boy's got no arms and legs. Here we go. Okay, all right. So this is how it goes down. This kid, this child, this teenager, is I wanted. In my, I see him dressed up like as a punk rocker. Like he's got like a spiked mohawk with. Like colored tips, but the thing is, who cut the tips? Who combed the mohawk? So it's like it's rebellion, but it's like it's approved by your parents, right? Okay, whatever. So he's got piercings, right? He's got like a dog collar, and it <laughs> feels kind of wrong because somebody got to drag him around by the collar. But that's besides the point. He's got a leather, not leather. He's got a G jacket on with patches and uh, like little safety pins. Again, who <laughs> put the jacket on him? And who did the safety pin? <laughs> Whatever. Okay, so he's he's giving us all this 1970s sex pistol funk, right? He hanging out with places he ain't supposed to hang out. <laughs> but who put him where he wasn't supposed to be? Okay, skip it. He's hanging out in the mall food court. Some dude like Paul Blart, right? He comes over. And he's, you know, one of them people. He's a security guard. But in the story, he says he's a policeman. I'm going to say security guard. My thing is, there's no... Okay, get back to the story. So he walks up there, and he's got his little fat belly hiking up his pants and say, oh, yeah, you, you got uh, to leave the vicinity. You got to leave the premises. And the kid, I want to give him an English accent, like, hey, who sa says who, Gobna? And he was like, look, you're scaring the patrons at the uh, Wetzel's Pretzels. They do not feel safe with you being here. You need to disperse the area expeditiously. He say, listen here, Gobna. I got no arms. I got no legs. Huh? How's it supposed to go anywhere? Huh? Use your brain, you, you, you sodden, blooming onion. He's like, look, I don't eat the sodden, blooming onion because I need to cut down sodium in my diet. With that being said, you will move or you will be moved. And uh, the little kid said, well, you know what? Do what you got to do, you, you pig. And he spit at him. And, you know, because... Because the officer is, uh, you know, insecure and probably bullied in school, couldn't climb up the rope, couldn't do things that, you know, he couldn't do. He 
he saw a couple UFC fights, so, right? He gets down there, he like, and before he does his moves, he's like, rear naked choke. So he goes in for the rear naked choke, right? And then, uh, no, he goes in for the guillotine. Goes in for the guillotine, right? And then the little armless, legless teenager say, try again, governor. And like he just kind of moves his torso and come out of it. He say, leg drop. And like try to go and wrap his legs up. <laughs> you need legs for that, governor. And so then, you know, the, the, the fact officers run out of steam. So like he's just kind of got him. But again, why couldn't you just tip him over and just roll him out the, out the mall as anybody's guess? I don't know. Maybe he had... Good core strength. Maybe you're doing CrossFit, right? So I see them, you know, when you start fighting, if you're fighting for a long time, and honestly, even 45 seconds, it's a long time when you fight. You get that stalemate when you grab somebody. Back in high school, you know, you get into a headlock or something, you're like, let me go. Hmm? Let me go. Let me go. And then they be like, uh-uh, I'll let you go. You're going to start acting stupid again. And then you be like, I ain't going to act stupid. I ain't going to act stupid if you let me go. He said, like, I don't trust it, right? I see the cop and, uh, and, and this little English boy with the – Spike dreadlocks, uh, they sitting there, and, and uh, the little boy said, let me tell you a secret, governor. And he was like, I am open to forms of communication. And then, this is, you think you're going to move me? Huh? You're going to never move me unless I won't be moved. You know what? Huh? And the officer was like, I am listening to the information you are giving me with bated breath. He says, real simple, governor, because... My papa was a rolling stone. <laughs> and the officer's like, I don't know what you mean by that. It's real simple, governor. <laughs> I won't move because my papa was a rolling stone. <laughs> oh, that song's so long, I couldn't even get to the music. Okay, and now for the actual story of what happened. All right, this seems to be a long article. So, okay, local Tucson, Arizona news station obtained graphic video footage of a sheriff department officer forcibly restraining and aggressively yelling in the face of a quadruple amputee who is a teenager in a group home for kids who were abandoned by their parents. Jeez. Okay, after the video surfaced, the sheriff department told uh, the news that they will launch an investigation to the incident and public defender uh, was called it horrific. Look, I'm going to tell you, I don't care if you got no arm, no leg. You can still be disrespectful. You still can get yelled at. Now, nah, that's why I put my hands on you. It just, that just looks bad. Okay. The white Prima County police officer holds a shirtless black teenager. Oh, gee, you're beating up on the, 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 the quadriplegic amputee minority, dear. Okay, identify as... 15-year-old, I'm not putting the boy's name out there. Put him in a headlock. I hate to tell you this, ain't too many places you can grab somebody who ain't got no extremities. In the eight-minute cell phone video footage, eight men are whooping one dude who only got a head. Okay. A man continues to yell, and the police officer pins the manual down. Oh, shucks, I said I was going to say the boy's name. Against the side of a refrigerator, telling him to calm down. After more than a minute, how am I calm down? I ain't got no arm, no legs, man. Calm down. Oh, are you saying calm down because I'm on the ground? I got to look up to you, you pig, you pig. Okay, the officer lets Emmanuel up. Okay, I'm not going to keep reading this. Um, long story short, uh, fat. Uh, okay, all right, uh, moving on.
All right. And our final story. Woman dies after explosion at baby gender reveal party. All right. Um, I'm on speak as a parent, right? Just for a hot second. And this is some real, real. Most people in your life, if you're having a kid or you're expecting, you know, most people don't care what kind of kid you're having. I mean, no one cares if it's a girl or a little boy. I mean, sometimes people, oh, I bet you it's a little boy or a little girl. Um, the fact that these little reveal parts are getting more and more uh, what, illustrious or extravagant, that people are losing their lives, like, that's unnecessary. I have a, a daughter, and ever since she was born, I was like, look, I don't care what child I have, what gender, as long as they're happy and healthy. That's all I cared about. And I had a couple people tell me, oh, well, I know you really shooting for a boy. Why? Are you saying that there's a difference? I mean, no. It's, it's just as long as it's a happy, healthy child. That's all I care about. And even now, I have people tell me, oh, well, you know, you only got one child. I know you, you're still shooting for a boy. Why? Like, is there something wrong with having a daughter? I don't, I never understood that. Okay, so just put my personal out the way. Um... Any child you have is fine. Most people in your life ain't nobody gonna be like, oh, well, you had a girl. Oh, ugh, that's gross. You had a boy. No one cares, right? Okay, so you had these little parties and you got people guess. Look, people want to buy you crap. Let them buy you some crap for your kid. It's not a big deal. But no, you want to make a big thing. Oh, it's maybe it's a boy. Maybe it's a girl. Maybe I, boo, 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 I don't know, right? Okay, cool. So this how it goes down, right? Somebody, some woman, okay, I'm thinking maybe they tried to put some pyrotechnics on, right? This is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking maybe because we got it so illustrious now. I think maybe they had people cast your votes. There's going to be a little girl. You put your little pink little tab over here in this little uh, receptacle. And if it's a boy, you put your little blue tab over here in this receptacle, right? And then once at the end of the party, I, what, is this a baby shower, a gender reveal? Is that the same thing as a baby shower? I'm thinking it is. Okay. So we're going to cut the cake. We're going to play a little diaper games, and we're going to pick out girls' names and boys' names. And at the end of the party, we're going to, like, let balloons go. And some of them going to be pink, and some of them going to be blue, and all this other crap, right? So I think everybody was sitting there, and it was, okay, it's time for the gender reveal, right? So they light a fuse. They light a fuse. It's going to one of these cancers. Going to both of them, maybe. I don't know. And then whichever one the gender the baby is, that's going to be the one that's going to pop. Right? And uh, I want to say somebody, like, wasn't behind the blast shield. Or maybe uh, maybe they wasn't in the right zone. Maybe grandma came in a little late. She was like, oh, I'm sorry I'm late. The traffic was bad, baby. And then they was like, granny, no. And it explosion. <laughs> Explosion took out. Look, I'm not laughing about this woman dying. I'm not, because we all got to go. But, Lord Jesus, I don't want to die a stupid way. That's all I care about. Okay, what happened to brother number one? Oh, man, he had a heart attack. Oh, man, at 95, so young. You know, what happened to brother number brother number one? Oh, man, you know, man, he was, uh, you know, just doing old people stuff and slipped in the bathtub at 99 getting a sponge bath from his uh, sexy Brazilian nurse. Yep, that's how you always wanted to go. 
that's the way. I mean, but to get blown up at a gender reveal party. And then I had to play this. This is this this the first line. We're going on a trip. LA was in the sky. Oh jeez. Oh, that's I know that's bad. We're going on a trip. Oh, our favorite rocket ship. And Granny just boom. Granny just got, she had a walker too. She got blown up. And her walker, just a little tennis balls came up. Oh, terrible. I know. I know it's terrible. And wouldn't you know it, I cannot find that story. But also, uh, well, I don't know. Look, just don't blow up grandma trying to tell her if she's having a grandbaby or a, grand, or a granddaughter or grandson. All right? Y'all be sweet with each other. Um, be sweet to each other. Be good. Uh, if you want to talk to me or whatever, I, I hope you enjoyed this. If you listened to the end, I really hope you did. If you didn't, yo, next week I'm going to try even harder. So it's nothing. Uh, if you liked it, please share it with somebody. Um, if you want to contact me on Instagram, you can. At bros3pod. And if not, that's fine too. I love y'all. Be sweet to each other. And uh, be good. All right. Love you. Later.